Today's date is October 6, 2023, and this is episode 42 with Mila. Hi, punks. Going to school, huh? Yeah. Why don't you play fish hooky and come fishing with us? Yeah, boy. They're sure biting. Get thee behind me, Satan, and don't push. Get behind me, Satan. Jesus said, get behind me, Satan. Jesus said, get away from me, Satan. Jesus said, you don't tempt the Lord thy God. Get behind me, Satan. Jesus said, get behind me, Satan. Jesus said, get away from me, Satan. Jesus said, you don't tempt the Lord thy God. Now Jesus went to the desert 40 nights and 40 days. When he got tired and hungry, to his father he would pray. But the devil came to Jesus, said, if you want to be fed, why don't you turn these big old worthless stones to bread? Get behind me, Satan. Jesus said, get behind me, Satan. Jesus said, get away from me, Satan. Jesus said, you don't tempt the Lord thy God. Get behind me, Satan. Jesus said, get behind me, Satan. Jesus said, get away from me, Satan. Jesus said, you don't tempt the Lord thy God. Then the devil, he took Jesus to the temple up on top. And he said, if you are the Son of God, jump off of this roof and drop. But the scripture says that angels will slow your falling down. Then the devil gave to Jesus to a mountaintop to show all the cities and the nations and the kingdoms here below. And the devil gave to Jesus, you can't have all that you see if you will just bow down and worship me. Get behind me, Satan. Jesus said, get behind me, Satan. Jesus said, get away from me, Satan. Jesus said, you don't tempt the Lord thy God. Get behind me, Satan. Jesus said, get away from me, Satan. Jesus said, He said, don't tempt the Lord. Hello and welcome everyone. This is an official Godcast. Thank you for joining us on this lovely Friday. I'm Ron Johnston and I'm here with Flightworks Mary. And tonight, giving her testimony, our special guest all the way from Chile, Mila. Let's welcome our other host. Hello, Mary. Hi there. How are you? I'm good. So can I get a five five on my voice? Anybody can hear me? 
Last time it was kind of screwed up. Okay, good yeah, deal. Let's start right. there, huh? Now we're cooking. <laughs> <laughs> Should have probably asked while the song was going. Yeah. Well, how are you doing? That's another Friday. I know. <laughs> I'm, we, I made it. You made it. I made it through another week. Awesome. They haven't gotten me yet. I'm still here. No, oh, good. I'm glad. Haven't been zapped off the internet or anything. No. <laughs> I mean, I'm pretty ghost band wherever I'm at, but yeah. other than that, well, that's a badge of honor, right? You know it. So I'm headed out to the ranch tonight. Going to the ranch? Back, yes, they started up their Bible studies back again in the fall here. Oh. And uh so you're not going Bibles. for you're not going for a boot scooting boogie then, huh? Well, it, we do. I, I we'll have dancing right at ten o'clock. You after will the be Bible scooting some boots. Over. <laughs> I knew it. After, I knew it. Yep. We we do Bible study till ten p.m. and then they clear all the chairs off and uh, then we dance till you no. Know, Let's get these chairs out of the way. No Let's do this. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> I love so, it. So I'm gonna miss part of the the worship in the Bible study tonight, but. It's good to be here at the Godcast. So absolutely. Yes. Hey, everyone here that's on the live chat, don't forget tag Mary if you got any prayer requests tonight. She's gonna pray for us at the end of the show. What do we got going on coming up next week? What do we have? Jay. Uh, Jay Woo. Woo. Jonathan. Yes. I think he and should officially he... change his name to Jay Woo. Get down to the DMV and get that handled. I like that way better, yeah. than Jonathan. I like saying J to the woo. J to the woo. <laughs> J to the woo. <laughs> I don't know if he likes that, but that's what I do. Well, I'll figure it out next week. And then after that, holy smokes, back-to-back -back Michigan boys. We got Matt from Michigan, and then we have Pastor Chad Peck. Back-to-back -back Michigan boys. Are you going to oh, be able to handle that? Well, we got a Michigan boy here every Friday. I know, but can you handle two of us? <laughs> I don't know. You did when I Mike was around, right? That's so. what I was going to say. I was, I did fine when Mike was here. Okay. Anything else we should talk about before we get started? Yes, let's talk about the Shore Up Squad. Oh, okay. What What's the Shore Up Just Squad? Just briefly. What is that? So Shore Up Squad stands for Salvation, Helping Others Remain Encouraged, Uplifted, and Prayerful. And it's a squad we put together when we first started the Godcast. That would be kind of a landing place for people if they accepted Christ through the show. or And it doesn't even have to be through the show. But anybody that needs support in early on in their, well, not even early on, just anybody who needs support. Anybody needs a Bible, anybody needs somebody to pray for them, anybody needs someone to mentor them or maybe help them find a local church or um, you, when you accept Christ, it can be kind of uh, a lot of turmoil the first few weeks because the enemy is upset because mm -hmm. he lost one. Mm -hmm. So it's good to have a lot of support and shore up means to support something or keep from falling. So. I love That's it. what we want to do is shore people up. Who's on our shore so, up squad? Uh, little red rocking chair. Little red rocking chair. Is she here tonight? She is I here tonight. Her. She is live tonight. And uh, Boilerman09, he is the man in the squad. 
So, so there's two. We it, can we want more in the squad. So if you want to know more about Little Red Rocking Chair, you can catch her on episode episode 21. She gives her testimony there. And then Boiler Man, Jason Stillman, he was here for episode five giving his testimony if you'd like to know more about him. Yes. Beautiful. And I'll drop a little thing in the chat right now as far as, you know, just get a hold of us if you're interested in participating or being on that squad or being part of the team. And let We'd us know if you'd like you. to come on and give your testimony. We've got one date open for November and we have all of December open. Yep. And then we'll close out our year and season yes. one will be over. So if you want to be part of season one, <laughs> email us at this is an official godcast at gmail.com and uh, get scheduled up to do your testimony. Yes. Awesome. That's all I got. That's all you got? Yep. All right. I'm excited to hear Mila. <laughs> Mila. Let's welcome in our guest. She is here tonight all the way from chile which is in south america right any geographers here any for any christopher colombo's here in chile south america right i know i'm being <laughs> facetious and uh we're so well we're so glad you're here mila welcome to the godcast how are you today mila and that was our show thank you for coming guys <laughs> uh she's here uh may mila maybe you need to unmute yourself oh, or i hear no, i yeah the uh, no uh, uh <clears throat> no the uh, uh, this message popped up on my screen said zoom meeting is muted and i thought why so i was looking my my mute was not like, lined up. Darn it, they muted me on Facebook, they muted me on X, and now I'm getting <laughs> muted on Zoom. <laughs> Somebody let me off. <laughs> I love it. Uh, yeah. Mila, Welcome so glad to have you here. Thank you for coming tonight. Thank you for having me. So, <clears throat> so I missed I missed a whole bunch here because <laughs> everything was muted. Oh, yeah, no. we just we just were introducing you. So oh. I'm talking about All the Shore Up Squad. Now I have to tell you about the Shore Up Squad off. off the, oh, off she the missed show. the Shore Up Squad. Oh. I know we were just talking about that. <laughs> In the pre-show, Mila says, what's the Shore Up Squad? And we said, we're going to tell you about it. Just have a seat and relax. Don't worry. And then she missed it. So now we got to tell her about it after the fact. Uh, or if you want, you can download this episode, Mila, and listen to it when you're, <laughs> when you're bored later on. <laughs> That's right. Oh boy, oh boy. Uh, Isn't this fun? It is. Anyway. Um well, we're gonna get right into your testimony. Uh, but before we do, please let's uh let's have a prayer. If you can, everyone that's with yes. us here, let's bow our heads, let's go to Father. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for another day. And Thank you, Lord, for another Friday, another Godcast. And thank you for another testimony. Uh, Father, we gather here every Friday because we love you. 
and we love nothing more than glorifying you and talking about your son. Thank you for your son, Jesus Christ, for our salvation, for our salvation in him, Father. Lord, we pray for Mila as she shares her testimony tonight. Lord, we ask that you give her the words that will encourage us all. Give her the words that will tug on the heart of the unsaved. We ask for salvation for all of them, Father. In Jesus Christ's name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Ron. You betcha. Hey, that's a Minnesota word. You can't use it. That's why I said it. I thought I'd be funny. (laughs) Yeah. Was I funny? You betcha. (laughs) Pass the cheese. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, I went to Culver's this week. Had some uh, Wisconsin cheese when I was there. I'm sorry, some Minnesota. Oh, that's a Wisconsin thing. It's not a Minnesota thing, is it? Yeah. Sorry, did I offend you? We don't do cheese. We don't do cheese. Okay. I mean, we do, but we don't do it. I didn't mean to offend you. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, Mila, are you ready to tell us all about God and how he's worked in your life? As ready as I'll ever be. And Mila, is it okay for us to interrupt you with questions? Certainly. Okay. Mary and I might interrupt you. If anyone here listening in the live chat has any questions, just tag me or Mary. We'll do our best to get a question into or slow her down a little bit. Okay. Thank you, everyone. <laughs> All right. Nothing like it but to dive in. Uh, first of all, when I was on uh, Duncan's show, there was, just, there was a lot I was not at that point in my my uh journey with with jesus uh i really was not ready to reveal because there was just so much at that point still so much shame and uh involved it was obviously still not proud of it but um I've got, I have come to realize that God has forgotten it all. <laughs> you know, all the all the things I did wrong. It's 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 not part of His memory anymore. It's, uh, but I had to. I I've I've had to pray on a lot of it and come to terms with it. So, uh, <clears throat> I I come from a an extremely dysfunctional family. There was a lot of abuse, physical, mental, sexual. And uh, as far back as I can remember, I was being molested. And uh, you know, I had I had nine other siblings in the house, and uh, my oldest brother, he was 14 years older than me, started molesting me when I was about three or four. And when I said something to my mother, she she hit me so hard in the face called me a liar and a whore and well at four i, I what the heck is a whore i didn't even know what that was 
Um, <clears throat> oh, man. And, it, you know, my, my oldest brother, Michael, was her favorite and uh, could do no wrong <clears throat> in her eyes. And I never felt protected or safe unless <clears throat> unless my dad was at home my dad was a he, he was a a truck driver cross country truck driver so he would be gone all week and only home on the weekends and that's not the sort of thing you would not in our house you would i mean in my in our house you couldn't even say the word bra without somebody acting like you just said the worst, most filthiest thing ever. But at the same time, all of us girls, there were five of us, were subjected to our older brother, <clears throat> to uncles step-grandfather, you name it, or whatever other monster happened to be around. And like I said, I only, the only time I ever felt safe and could sleep well at night was when my dad was home. And <clears throat> we girls were all uh, in one bedroom. And my oldest sister, she would take a butcher knife at night and um, she would she would wedge the blade underneath the the uh, the door frame in the bedroom so that the door couldn't be opened at night. And. Uh, I mean, there's just there there's so much I, I i you know my eldest sister i mean both of my both of my older sisters are deceased um but the 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 oldest one when she was six was uh raped by a paternal great uncle and he 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 went to prison for six years but in my teen years after my mom and dad were already separated um he eventually came to live with us and it just struck me as the most sickening thing ever like how could she allow this rapist to live in our home. It, so again, like I said, I just never, I never felt safe or protected by my mother. And, and none of us had good examples of parents. You know, we did. But, uh, <clears throat> and I said, there's just so much, there's so much in my childhood and, and teen years and that, that I just don't even remember. Like every once in a while, one of my sisters will say, oh, do you remember 
you know, such and such time or whatever. And I'm like, what? No. <laughs> but, and, and every once in a while, a memory will come back. But That's very common, I think, among people who have come out of abuse. You know, that I think, you, you know, God has a way of protecting us in, the, in some ways like that. Yeah, it's, um, I mean, when I was listening to, uh, I can't remember her name now. I'm so sorry. Uh, she was Katura? just a few yeah. yeah. Yeah, that was, whoa. Uh, you know, and, and, and then I almost felt like a sissy. Like, well, shit, what I went through is nothing compared to her so i think we all do that when we hear things sometimes but we have to remember that our stories are relative to us and what happened yeah. to us and and it's just things are as powerful as hurtful as traumatic as joyful i mean as it's relative to your own life so yeah you know don't ever feel that because we're not you know we're not called to compare our stories our our stories are each so powerful in themselves you know so so anyway <clears throat> oh um at one uh, the other the other thing that was very prevalent in our home was substance abuse um my mom took pills to stay awake. She took pills to go to sleep. She took pills to calm her nerves because, well, uh, I don't know how familiar either. You both look quite a bit younger than me. Uh, back in the 60s, the doctors were given most mothers Valium. That was like the wonder drug. <laughs> well, you know, because, well, mothers, you know, they had to have calm nerves. So, and I'm not, and, I'm not as young as you think, <laughs> but thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> uh, you know, I think even the Stones had, you know, their song, Mother's Little Helper. You know, that was, that was about Valium. But anyway, yeah, so, and, and she was an alcoholic on top of that. My dad was an alcoholic. And um, he was physically very abusive to everybody but me. I was the, it was like I, I, was, I was always like the black sheep because I, I thought differently than everybody else. I, I, I just, even, even from my, youngest time i just never i never went along to get along and i questioned everything and so any physical beatings or whatever those came from my mother and i think my dad saw that and so i only remember one time him, you know, uh, uh, punishing me. And I was lucky I got it with a paddle, which is really weird because everybody else got belts and switches. 
and uh, but I was always I was always closer to my dad. Like I said, just because I, I felt safe with him, and I knew he was never going to, you know, touch any of us girls in an inappropriate way or anything else. But at some point, I again the 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 memory is foggy. Um, <clears throat> he took us to. We had to stay with. We had to go live with um, his mother, and his mother had a huge property in Cairnbrook, Pennsylvania, which is it's in the mountains, and it was a huge property, a couple of hundred acres huge house and for some reason all of us kids had to go live with her uh with the exception of my eldest brother uh by then he was on his own and um so we get to this place and the only thing i mean the my most vivid recollection of arriving was at the end of her lane, there's this giant black mailbox. And it said, Missionary Mary Schmigilski. And I was like, what's a missionary? And so my mother says, well, that's somebody that does God's work. And they, you know, they spread the word. And so I thought, oh, okay, Whew. finally, maybe. <laughs> Maybe it won't be so bad living here. Uh, the first thing this woman told us was, you know, don't. I am not Baba. I'm not, uh, 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 you know, I am Missionary Mary. That was her first directive. That we weren't to call her the word for grandma. Oh, okay. Well, whatever. <laughs> yeah. And so my mom left us there. I don't know where she went. I don't know where my dad was. But right away, she started um, telling us about how how things were going to be. Like if if we did anything wrong, we were going to have to stand on our knees in the stairs and um, and and say the Lord's Prayer over and over and over and over until she felt we suffered enough. Because let me tell you, she had those jets, these metal runners on her stairs, and those were murder on the knees. And of course, back then, girls had to wear dresses. We didn't wear pants. We wore dresses. Uh, and when you got your bare knees on those on those stairs, let me tell you, that's really unpleasant. And a lot of times, you would just pass out eventually, because you'd be there for hours wow. at night just to make sure we wouldn't get out of bed. She had these albums that were recordings of exorcisms and she would play those and she would say if you're not praying the whole time you're listening to this those demons will go into you and if you're 
if you don't lay down and go to sleep at night, the demons will come into you. So, you know, we went to bed every night terrified. Yeah, I mean, fear. just imagine a seven year old hearing these demonic voices and, you know, the it was it was horrifying. It was so horrifying. Then she said that she was going to build a church on the mountain. And somehow she had she had all these wealthy Christian friends that would come to her revivals. And she had this this other friend who was a pilot. He had a private plane and he would land it in one of her fields. And I just remember him as Brother Bob. And Brother Bob would line all of us kids up and he'd put his hands like on our heads and so that his, his thumb and one of his fingers was pressing into our temple and he would start squeezing while all these people were praying. Well, the oh, pain wow. would be so enormous that you would start screaming and crying and fall down. And then Missionary Mary would start, oh, hallelujah, praise the Lord. She's in the spirit or he's in the spirit. And yeah, so we were like a sideshow. Well, my sisters and I were like, I am not. He puts his hands on me again. I'm dropping to the ground right away because that hurts. You know, we're yeah. we'll just pretend. Well. All throughout the summer she would have all these revivals and on top of that brother bob would bring occasionally he would fly in an elderly widow who was wealthy and either suffering from dementia or something else and missionary mary would take care of her and eventually this widow would feel so grateful for the wonderful care that she would change her will shortly after her will brother bob was changed and brother bob would show up in his little plane again and take the lady away and there was once there was a woman i remember as minnie that's all we ever called her she had a little chihuahua that she brought with her. And when the dog would start barking or something else, then Missionary Mary said, oh, Tiny is possessed with the devil. So now here you are, you're this little kid and you're seeing this dog with these bug eyes barking at you and you're like she's right so yeah. we were like well you've got to you got to do something about tiny and he's if he's possessed well <sighs> missionary mary laid hands on tiny and and then tiny was no more oh wow and then brother bob 
came one day and took Minnie away. And then a few weeks later, no lie, FBI shows up because of these missing women. And so Mila, I just, yeah. Can I ask you a question? Mm. So um, this is all like stateside, right? When you were in still in America, yes. right? Yeah. Okay. Yes. I just wanted that to be clear for everybody. I'm not yeah. sure. Maybe you said that and I missed it, but yeah. Yeah. Was um, yeah. So you're in a, you're an American living in Chile. Right. Right. Okay. All right. Go ahead. Sorry. So after the FBI showed up and was questioning everybody, <laughs> we all said, no, brother Bob, you know, took many or I don't remember the names of the other ones. I just remember many the most vividly uh, because of the dog, probably. I um, said, no, Brother Bob. Well, who's Brother Bob? I was like, I don't know. That's all I know. Just Brother Bob. So, yeah, even the, so shortly after the FBI left, I want to say it was, it was just a matter of weeks that my dad and mom got back together and they got us and i don't remember to where we moved was we moved a lot um and at that point i was i was so disgusted with christians christianity all of it because i in my opinion, it was all a sham. It was just um, a way to yeah. make money for people. Oh yeah, definitely spiritual abuse going on for sure. So um, yeah, so Missionary Mary never did build her church on the mountain. Oh, big shock. She took all that money. She retired to Florida. She later died um she got gangrene first in a toe then in a foot and well you know that's how that goes and and all i could think was is eh, she deserved it you know how many people's uh, you know because as then as a you know as a young adult i thought how many people did she actually kill <laughs> or have killed all those old widows you know god only knows what happened to them and uh, so the only the only uh the only church where I actually found like some sense of uh, honesty was was the was the Orthodox Christian Church, and uh, it was the faith of my 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 father, and. Um, 
there was none of that uh we're laying hands on you uh you know no shouting no screaming it was you know everything was dignified and quiet and peaceful and it was about jesus and i was screaming at you (laughs) right you know (laughs) and nobody you know it was it was just i could live with it but i mean i never felt really touched by it let's put it that way i guess like like now um the way I am now is way different as far as my feelings about, yeah, I, I can have a relationship with Jesus. Yeah. And so maybe uh, it was I, I, on the outside working its way in. Yeah. I, I, I never had that feeling, uh, as an Orthodox Christian. But before, before the, um, my teen years, I became very, very promiscuous. Um, at that point, yeah, my mom could have, my mom could have legitimately called me a whore. I felt like that, that just seemed like, well, that's the only, that's my only worth. Uh, you know, did it matter that I was smart? Did it matter that, that I excelled in, in, uh Oh, are we still on? Oh, you disappeared. Okay. None of these things mattered because, well, an A on a report card didn't didn't equate to love. And you know, Scott's really right when he says, you know, we have we have a twisted and distorted view of the word love that so many of us, you know, it it was well love was sexual and really that's all i wanted was to be loved i you know i didn't want and i and 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 if i was going to do something sexual i wanted it to be on my terms not because somebody thought they had the right to just take what wasn't theirs to take. And so I skipped school a lot in my teen years. It didn't matter. I was still, you know, I didn't really have to study it. My my memory is almost not not completely, but almost photographic. So all I had to do was, you know, read the books and well, (laughs) just pass the tests. 
So I skipped school a lot and I did hang out with a really bad crowd. And a group of us, when I was uh, 16, we kind of took off school and it was my first drug experience. And no, it was nothing hard. It was, it was, it was marijuana. Uh, but when you're not used to that or alcohol and the hardest thing you've ever done is cigarettes, which, yeah, I started smoking very, very early, <clears throat> but, uh, I just remember that this, this one boy was starting to make passes at me. And I was like, uh, no, no, not going to happen. Um, but he decided it was, and him being a farm boy, way stronger than me. And he raped me, but I felt like, okay, well, I, I brought this on myself. I, sh I should have never, ever done this. I shouldn't, you know, who was I to say no when I'm using, you know, to me, that was, I don't know, when you're getting high and drunk with boys, my thought at that time was, is, well, then it, I didn't even realize it was rape. Sorry, are these young adult and, years? How, how old were you then? I was 16. Okay. And I, had, yeah, I had just turned 16. And uh, so my girlfriend that was with us, she was like, well, are, are you going to let the police know? Because he raped you. And I said, well, no, because if, if, if my dad finds out, you know, or if, if, if my mom finds out, you know, I'm going to be in so much trouble for having ditched school and all that. And then as we were going back to town to get back to school, the guidance counselor drove by. So my friend Jill and I were like, man, we are in, we're in a lot of trouble. Our parents are going to kill us. And I was like, I just wasn't prepared to face the music. We ran away. We wound up hitchhiking to Cleveland. And then from Cleveland back to Pennsylvania, and we were all over the place. And that's when I found out that I was pregnant. And how old were you at this time? Do you remember? 16. 16. 16. Okay. Okay. So my friend Jill says, well, we need to go to Planned Parenthood. They'll help. At that time, Planned Parenthood was not pushing abortion at least not in Pennsylvania. I, I don't know about the rest of the place, but this is, I mean, we're talking about, you know, seventies. So, so the, uh, the, the counselor never mentioned abortion. She talked about adoption and 
so like I said, my 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 friend Jill was with me, you know, during the counseling, and she said, Well, yeah, she should give the baby up because she was raped. And it occurred to me then, like, so the baby is guilty too? <laughs> I was confused. Like, okay, well, yeah, the guy did a bad thing, but the baby didn't do anything wrong, and it's half me. But, you know, the counselor was like, well, you have you have no way to support a child. You've got your whole future ahead of you and on and on and on. And, and I, I started to consider it. And then at that time, probably a week after seeing the counselor at Planned Parenthood, my mom and dad separated permanently. And my mom moved to Cleveland where her mother lived. And um, which wasn't Minister Mary, right? No, Missionary okay. Mary. Missionary Mary. Yeah. That was my paternal okay. grandmother. Yeah. Okay. Wow. Oh, my mom's mother was wonderful. <laughs> she was soft fluffy grandma <laughs> nice. um, so i decided that i would go to cleveland because i was too really too ashamed to face my dad and so i figured well you know mom already thinks i'm scum so <laughs> what the heck and since i was still a minor it's not like you know, legally, she could have. But she told me, no, you're, you, you can't, you can't live here. You cannot live with me. Um, but you can get on welfare. And my grandmother was really sick and she did not have the space or the financial resources. So that's what I did. And then I, the only apartment I could afford was a dump. Oh, was it a dump? And I didn't know how to work the, the heat thing or, or anything. I, I, I knew nothing. And then which is a far cry from you right now. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, Cleveland winters can get pretty cold. And then the landlord started raping me. And it was, I either had to put up with it or be on the streets. And I just couldn't, it was so cold. It was so cold and I, I, I didn't know how to, I was shown several times how to light the 
the furnace or the not it, it was just this weird thing in the room because it was essentially just two rooms in 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 the place and it was a standalone heater thing and it had to be lit but i could never get it lit and right before i uh was due i i did go back to my mother i was like i it's too cold i can't have a baby in there you know i was freezing as it was so she's like okay fine you can stay here then i when i went into labor that was on december 18th She says, oh, you're in labor. You need to get to the hospital. And I said, well, are you going to drive me? And she said, no, you can take the bus. Oh, wow. So after my daughter was born, <clears throat> The only person that showed up at the hospital was my dad. And he says, you and the baby need to come home with, with me. Mm. And so we did. <clears throat> And then he asked me, you know, what what my plans were for my future, because, you know, he had told me that he had spoken with the guidance counselor at the school. And he says, no, even, even though she's only in the 10th grade, she has enough credits to graduate. And that, uh, That college was not, you know, beyond the realm of possibility. That my SAT scores were the second highest in the state that year. And uh, so even getting a scholarship or whatever would, would, would not be a problem. But I didn't, I didn't know what I wanted to do. And so I had, I had said, you know, I said, I'll, I said, I think <clears throat> what I really want to do is go into the military, grow up <laughs> a little bit, you know, I said, when I turn 18, I'm, I'm, I'm going to go into the military and, uh, because I, I really, you know, why go to college if you don't know what you want to do when you grow up? So that's what I did. And, and for a couple of years, <clears throat> I behaved myself. 
because, well, I had a child to take care of. And um, that's, uh, uh-oh. We're still here, Mila, no worries. Okay. Um, so that's when uh, I met my first husband. And we weren't together very long before we got married. And he was, he, he knew uh, about uh, my daughter and the circumstances of, of, of her birth and, and all that. And, and he knew how I had been. And, um, so after after we got married right away he adopted my daughter and uh, but then i i started to feel like i don't deserve someone like him hmm. and uh Honestly, he he really was a good man, and he put up with a lot from me. And uh, I was so self-destructive. And even after our son was born, I still was, I don't deserve this family. I have a beautiful daughter, a beautiful son, a husband that, a, adores me, cherished me. And I just felt worse and worse and worse. Like, how can anybody want to be with someone like me? And so I started cheating on him and I really didn't hide it. I I was and he forgave me every single time, every time. Uh, and then I did manage to go to college uh, after During the uh, the Kuwait, uh, the first the first war, the Gulf War. Yeah, it was called. Yeah, yeah. Um, Desert Storm. Yeah, I had uh, I had fallen and broke my back. And uh, uh, one of a naval, uh, I was in the Air Force, but I already had 12 years in, and a uh, we were, I was stationed in uh, in Virginia, and well, Langley didn't have a neurosurgeon, so I had three operations on my, on my lower spine. And 
the neurosurgeon gave up was like, you know what, you're, you're never going to walk again. So, um, you need to just, you need to adapt. And I was a runner, even though I was a smoker, I was, a, I was a distance runner. And that was, those were the happiest moments of my entire existence is when I was running. So it was so freeing. And the thought of that was just, no, no, not, not going to happen. And my godmother, uh, she lived nearby. And she, uh, she hired a physical therapist for me because uh, the military wouldn't pay for, pay for physical therapy. And um, so I was, I was medically discharged. You know, got a small pension. And uh, it certainly wasn't enough to pay for, for this physical therapist. And within six months of working with this, this woman, I felt pain in my toe. It was like an electric shock in my big toe. And well, it wasn't long after that, that I was up and walking and, um, And then back into that mental state of misery. And uh, then my, my husband, who also worked, he was a civilian uh, employee at the Department of Defense. He got an assignment to <clears throat> Northern Maine. So we went to Maine and then I started having some memories of things that had happened that I saw. It didn't happen to me, but the, I, I was watching, oh, it was like, uh, I was in a playpen and I was watching some boy being raped on the floor next to the playpen. And it oh. kept, it was like a dream but it was the same exact one over and over and over. And I called my mom and I was like, what is this? And she denied, she was, oh, you, you've just always had an active imagination. And I was like, I don't think so. I don't think that's, it felt real. Well, it was driving me insane, literally insane. And then she admitted, yes, it was that horrible uncle that raped my sister. It was him raping my oldest brother, who in turn became a rapist and a molester. Oh, wow. So it was a repressed memory. Yeah. Yes. But I tried to kill myself. I just couldn't take it anymore. I, I, I just, I was like, I, I can't, I cannot live this life. It's, it's just too hard. And, um, 
well, the the attempt failed. And it should not have, even if what I took and what I drank, even if that didn't kill me right on the that night, within a few weeks, my liver should have shut down and it didn't. Hey, I know now that it was God that saved me because he had other ideas and my suicide wasn't part of his plan. But at that point, my husband had finally said, look, this, this is, this just can't continue. You know, these, you know, the kids need stability. And I agreed. I walked away. I got in my little car. I drove to New York City. And um, with my degrees, it was easy to get a job. Was your husband a Christian, Mila, at this point? You mentioned no. how he forgave you so much. So I just was wondering about that. He was a lapsed Catholic, okay. but no, not, not at all religious. Even to this day, he's still not a Christian, but um, no. So, you know, when I, when I lived in New York, I said it was, you know, applied physicists have easy time getting work especially back in the 90s when it was, uh, uh, you know, the big tech boom and, and that. And I found that I did enjoy a more cerebral life. Um, you know, I had, I had worked for a couple of tech companies and I would just, I just bounced around from place to place. And 1999, I took a, I took a position with uh, Army Corps of Engineers contract job, and back then, hundred dollars an hour was was a really great payday as a contract worker. <laughs> so that's what the Army Corps of Engineers was paying oh, yeah. me to update all their systems for Y two K. So I did that, and. Uh, went to uh wow i had so many jobs then but but back then if you were in it you didn't stay anywhere longer than six to six to ten months because that six to ten months your your you you increased your um your knowledge and, and everything and you became more valuable so you could go from job to job to job. And it's not like other industries in, in, in the tech industry. They don't expect to keep you for more than a year because they know you're going to go get a bigger paycheck, which is what I did. And uh, so eventually I, uh, I did settle in at at Standard and Poor's, 
but it was more it was it was more of uh because this was after 9-11 and um we had to the company was trying to figure out how to have a mirror site that was second by second milliseconds exactly the same as the servers and information that was in new york city and so uh that design and and everything you know is what we worked on and i knew all i had to do was stick it out for three years and i would be fully vested and i could take a walk and i could get out of the united states for good because 9-11 i knew i know some people and i i won't even debate it the holograms or whatever i don't i don't believe that but i do believe it was an inside job i do believe those buildings were brought down not by jet fuel burning i believe those buildings were meant to come down uh the first time in american history that norad was told to stand down you know and you were right there correct yes yes i was yes yeah um and that day was was so horrible and i remember trying to run from that cloud of debris and so there were hundreds of us probably more i it, it was it was just it was horrifying and as this debris and ash and everything just falling on you and you're trying you know we were trying just to get down to water street and away from it people trampling over one another and you know i it, it, it was it was just it was awful and as a physicist i i mean i knew right away just watching how those buildings were coming down or that first one but an airplane isn't going to do that the math doesn't work right so uh so yeah i kind of decided then that i was pretty much done with the united states <laughs> Then I got married the second time, right? Shortly after that, uh, remarried. And, uh, and I don't even know why I married this person. And we're, legally, we're still married. Maybe not in the eyes of God, you know, it was some civil service, but anyway, not in a church. <laughs> And uh, I didn't know it then, but he was addicted to pornography. Mm. 
And and I thought, isn't that really the same as cheating? But then I felt, okay, well, you know what? I cheated on 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 Tom, my first husband. So this is just karma coming to <laughs> bite me in the butt, you know. And I tolerated it. I hated it, but I tolerated it. Then we moved here to Chile in 2004. No, sorry, 2006. And we lived in we lived in town for a while. I had a small bakery because I do enjoy making pastries and things. And uh, he was a personal trainer, so he had a personal training gym. He had private clients, and we were doing okay there. But it's not what I wanted, and. Uh, I came up to this valley and something told me this is where this is this is where you're supposed to be. I just felt it. And so I was talking to my my husband and I said, you know, why don't we move to the interior? Why don't we go to the mountains? Why don't we do something where we can be self-sufficient and not have to you know, worry so much about a job or an income or whatever, you know, up there, my pension will support us. It was, it wasn't, it's not, you know, honestly, it's at that, when we moved up here, my, my, my VA was around 600 ish a month. Mm -hmm. And uh, the exchange rate was was pretty miserable. But up here, that's like a king's ransom up here. Because most of the people up here live on less than $200 a month. So I was like, let's, let's, you know, let's do it. You know, I, something's telling me, because I don't know. Why would why would a physicist turn baker start thinking about goats? <laughs> it's a natural progression, <laughs> isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> but all of a sudden, I wanted to raise dairy goats. <laughs> I mean, who doesn't? <laughs> i'd have and my I city wanted, won't let me <laughs> and i wanted i wanted to grow vegetables i how did that happen <laughs> so it's a good change huh it's a good I change just, yeah 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 <laughs> So a, a friend of mine in, in Arica, uh, one of my neighbors, uh, she had a place in uh, Belen, which is even higher than where I am. And um, she says, well, why don't we put, um, we'll put an ad in the, 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 the building where 
the people in the interior have to go to pay their bills. That, you know, there's a married couple looking for a place to rent in one of these these villages. And that's I was a good afraid. idea. Yeah. It's a great idea. So she wrote the ad up because, you know, my my Spanish, I gotta tell you, it's pathetic. Um give me, give me numbers and I'm happy. But language, no. Yeah, I've been practicing a little I've for sure. <laughs> now I just know baño is bathroom. Where's the bathroom? Oh. <laughs> yeah. I, that's important. Yeah, like, it is. <laughs> like, I don't, I, I, my, I can't conjugate all these verbs uh, fast enough to, you know. So even a, okay, I'll, 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 I'll tell you that later. But anyway, so, <laughs> so I get a phone call, and this woman says, "Well, we have a small cabin." on my mother's property and my mother is in her 80s and she lives there alone and she needs somebody there to to help out with the orchards and the horses and to me you said the word horses and i was like ding 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 <laughs> said the rent right word <laughs> yeah rent free Wow. And I thought, huh, does it get any better? Well, it turns out it was a shack, but I didn't care. I really yeah. didn't care. There were three horses. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, and, and so I hate to say it, but my husband was lazy, which that I, I didn't truly realize how lazy he was until we moved up here and there's work yeah, to do <laughs> yeah yeah well you know as a when you're a new york city personal trainer you better have you know every hair in place uh you better smell good look nice whatever all right because he was a master trainer and he was he was earning over 200 dollars an hour on his sessions wow. but that's all he get and so here but here well no one's gonna pay that in this country so yeah he was it was it was a pittance but you know what i was i wasn't i, I yeah i did have a couple of really huge uh uh events with with this i i actually I did a lot of wedding cakes for some of the wealthier people. And so, yes, I could charge a lot because there was no other bakery that did like a lot of the, the more modern type wedding cakes that these richer people were seeing. So, so yeah, I would, I could, I could do a wedding cake and then not have to do anything else for a long time. <laughs> yeah so <clears throat> but i wasn't really happy doing that and uh yeah so we came up here and then all of a sudden 
he's he has to get dirty. <laughs> what do you mean we have to walk six miles to get to the Pueblo? Like, well, <laughs> yeah, you don't have don't have a car, don't have a you know, and you sure as heck don't want to try to ride a bike. Some of the hills are monstrous. You know, so, so yeah, you got to walk. You have to walk places. It's called Shoe Leather Express, mister. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah, he, 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 he was miserable. Uh, then when I cashed out all my uh, pension and everything else, I told him, I said, look, if you're, if, if you're so unhappy, I said, you're not helping at all. You know, I, um, I had, I had made arrangements with a, with another, uh, uh, neighbor who had a lot of property and, uh, was willing to work with us with respect to some animals, some livestock <clears throat> and no rent, no nothing on the property. Just, well, you know, just share what, you know, when there's meat, we share it when there's eggs or milk or whatever we share and i'm like okay that that sounds fair and uh i was like you know i gotta cut all this alfalfa this is what i'm telling my husband gotta cut this alfalfa here and you gotta cut a lot and you're down on your knees with a little hand sickle cutting which i did I didn't care. To me, it was worth it. And then you put it in a bundle and you carry it on your back. I learned a lot of the Indian ways here. Yeah, I bet. That's what you do. <clears throat> well, he didn't like doing that. And he didn't like working in the orchard. And he didn't. And well, he went back to the States. Um, and then I was alone. And uh, so I, I had my house built and uh, one day I was sitting here, you know, minding my own business and I was crocheting and uh, I just, I stopped because I just felt something and this was a um, I had already started listening to Scott and I started listening to Scott after, right after the 2020 election. And I was looking for the hopium, you know, like I think so many of us. And uh, somehow Bards FM came up on my YouTube feed. I don't know why, because I didn't look at anything like that. So. It came up and I listened to it and I was like, oh, that's, I really like this guy. And, uh, but then when he would get to the end, you know, let's pray, I'd shut it off. Like, yeah, you go ahead, go ahead. You pray all you want, buddy. I'm going to work. <laughs> and uh, yeah, so for several months, 
you know, when he would talk about Jesus, what I like, yeah, whatever. Yeah, where was where was Jesus? You know, before. So then just that one day just sitting here. And it was like like I it, it's the only way I can describe it is that something reached inside of me and pulled so much darkness and heaviness just 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 ripped it out and i just so it was i said i just i can't even describe it it just felt like uh it felt light and free it just felt i felt free it's awesome and just all of a sudden i thought i don't hate my mom my mom is you know had been you know using so many drugs and drinking so much that I just felt like she just wasn't in her right mind. And it was time to let go of the hatred of her. And everybody that uh, abused me, used me, whatever. Because I knew that I would need their forgiveness. The people that I hurt and abused and used so the next time i listened to a podcast i stayed through the let's pray but by then my dog was so conditioned to let's pray meaning time to go that she was kind of shocked <laughs> that, that i stayed on for the prayer she's staring at me like what like what are you doing it's like come on let's play let's play something's different (laughs) now though i'll tell you what when we get to the prayer part even though i'm listening to the you know i listen to the um the replay she just stays lying down until but once she hears the closing music and she knows it's time to time to go to work so Uh, But anyway, that was when I first started thinking that uh, maybe there's something more to this. And maybe not all Protestants are liars, grifters, or evil people. And uh, 
So I, I, I didn't have a Bible. So I downloaded <clears throat> one for my phone and uh, started reading. And then I would, like my, one of my sisters, uh, she had been for years and years and years on me because she's, she's been a Christian since forever. Uh, so I, 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 I talked to her a lot. And, uh, well, I talked to both of my sisters a lot, but, uh, the one that that's closest in age to me is, you know, she, she helped guide me quite a bit. And she is so stunned because when she would say something about, well, the scripture says what I'd be like, come on, man, it's you know once upon a time i would say the bible's got a lot of good uh 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 information about how to live but i don't see it as god's word uh, <laughs> and like so many people who who don't believe it was the the same tired argument now when i hear other people I just kind of chuckle inside because I thought, yeah, I used to say that too. It's been translated so many times. Yes, we all hear that so many times. Uh, but it's also withstood over 2,000 years. Right? So, yeah. Uh, so, <laughs> but that's what I used to, like, okay, so. Yeah, you know, it's like when she would say the Ten Commandments. And I was like, you know, the Ten Commandments, those were survival rules for back in the day. Because if you stole something from somebody, yeah. you were going to probably get killed. If you touched another man's wife, you were going to get killed. If you did any of these things, those were yeah. death sentences. <laughs> right. So... To me, that's what the Ten Commandments were. Good suggestions for how to stay alive. Yeah. <laughs> as far as God writing them on a tablet, nah, I didn't, didn't buy that. And buy the whole, oh yeah, there's gonna be a an antichrist and all this, like get out. Those are just, those are stories just to keep people in line, just like Missionary Mary's devil records. Yeah. That's how I saw the Bible as the, the, the written version of devil records. But I have, I, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm still, you know, I guess I guess I, I I started focusing more on prophecy, and so that's what I've studied the most, really, in the last three years, is prophecy. I just and and I think initially it started out as a uh, more of an academic or a scholarly uh, because that's 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 what I know is you know, 
scholarly research. Head knowledge. Yep. And then I, I moved away from that because that felt wrong to me to, 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 to just pursue it as an, you know, as an academic rather than uh, what it is, which is the word. <laughs> and I, I <clears throat> and the more the more I studied that, plus I do listen to other Bible studies uh, from I, I I do like a couple of the teachers from uh, Frontier Alliance International. They've got really, really great Bible studies. So I, I, I do those. And um, but I was also starting to study ancient history and lining it up with biblical events. And all I could say was, is, well, darn, all the civilizations that have become like us don't exist anymore. And when I don't know how you all feel about this, and honestly, that's not my concern really, is with respect to Israel. Um, no, I, I think God's punishment of his chosen, that's a family affair. He's punishing them. So that would be like, to, in my opinion, this is my opinion. If I have a child in my home and I'm, I'm, I, I punish them, my neighbors shouldn't punish my, my child along with me. That's my business. And God is punishing his people. They're still, they are still under punishment. But there is a remnant, not all of the existing Jews are bad. Their government is corrupt, but then so is ours. And so should all Americans be painted with the same broad strokes as the bad Americans? No. And so that's why I have a problem with some of the stuff that I see in chat and oh we you know Jesus's throne when he comes back is going to be in Zion it's it's not going to be in Las Vegas it's going to be <laughs> in Zion so yeah. in my opinion and in, in my opinion God is a Zionist. I'm a Zionist. And, and not the, the, in the, I guess there's some distorted political Zionist movement. 
that is not what that's not the Zionist that I am. I am the Zionist of God. And God is, you know, God rules my my life, not the opinions or or pronouncements of some human being. Right. I wonder and, sometimes about how, you know, God just looks at all of our political situations and all this and thinks you know it's not even about that people you know so so i was sitting here one day again minding i i crochet a lot well i'm listening to a, a podcast or whatever it's too hot to be outside to work i crochet and <laughs> and so one day I'm sitting here again, minding my own business. And then all of a sudden I felt, huh. Th we need revival here in, 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 in Kothba. Because, you know, I've seen that, I mean, right across the river from me during the, the summer months, there's a witch that the, the you know lives over there, and the people will go to her for charms or healings or whatever. And um, and I've noticed a lot of like earth worship. That whole you know you get together uh, for a, a a a a cookout or whatever, and you got everybody pouring part of their drink on the ground. Oh for Pachamama, you know, and it's just, it just, it initially, when I first moved up here, it didn't bother me. But after I got saved, it did start to bother me. And so I thought, you know, but how can I do it? I don't, you know, I don't have very much money. <laughs> uh, you know, I'm barely, you know, I was barely hanging on financially. Because, uh, you know, my animals get fed before I do. So, so I put a prayer request in. I was like, you know what? I, I, I think I want to do this, but how? How can I? And I thought, you know, I had just started at that time. I just started getting my social security. And I thought, you know what? I've been living on my VA all these years. It has not been comfortable, but I've done it. And I could use every penny of my social security and maybe be able to pay for the whole thing you know that's what i was thinking so i put my prayer request in and um oh yeah the rest is kind of history <laughs> uh but i feel that's where where god wants me to be and i i really i really i want a, a place where 
you know, because the, the, the prices are just going up and up and up and up. And uh, these people up here, it's not like they've got nine to five jobs or steady paycheck. They get less than $200 a month. And let me tell you, these days, that's that's not feeding anybody. And so, yeah, I have been giving away milk and cheese and eggs and meat and you name it. Um, I will take off my own table to give to one of my neighbors because they are way poorer than I am. And I just can't. <clears throat> I, I, I just I just can't stand by and 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 see this happen. So I, I I wanted I wanted to buy this place that was kitty corner to to where I live. And I thought, wouldn't it be great to have a place where where we could get together, you know, have meals together, worship and or just socialize because before the pandemic they used to send a, a van to down because like i said I'm, I'm about six miles from the pueblo so they would send a van down to pick up the senior citizens and take them into the pueblo and they would get lunch and a few hours you know for socializing and just you know catching up on gossip and and whatever and then they'd bring them back home late in the afternoon well once the pandemic came that ended and even though the only covid restrictions that there are are for medical and dental care if you're not jabbed you don't get any mm, yeah. um, so but they never reinstated the 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 lunches and the socialization for the elderly so now that big the main meal of the day is no longer available to them oh jeez and when you know even chicken the cheapest cuts are $4 a pound how are they supposed to eat? How are they supposed to live? So I, I, I just feel called to, to have something for the community. And so, um, so Amila, so the, the prayer request, just to back up a little bit, the prayer request was about having this place. Is that what that was about? Like to have a, pla a place for the community? No, that was just strictly about having a bard's fest chili okay that was it that was the prayer request but it evolved into uh, this place space for yeah. the community yeah. okay after being in contact with scott he was um you know it was well we need to claim a kingdom space there i was like yeah yeah we do so we started you know we wanted to get this place but then the lady just became ridiculous and 
uh, said, well, it is so precious to us. We can't put a price on it. I said, then why did you come to talk about me buying it? If you, if you don't put a price on it, it can't be purchased. <laughs> right. So as it turns out, I told Scott, I said, you know what? I said, why don't I just put it up, put whatever building we're going to have, just put it right here on my property. Then there's, because this is free land, the mountainsides are free. There's no taxes, nothing. You claim it. You put something on it. Well, I've already claimed mine more than I'll mm -hmm. ever need. I mean, it's not arable or anything, so it's pretty useless unless you do what I do and you bring in, you buy sacks and sacks and sacks of dirt and you find all, everybody's uh, orchard debris and you haul it up and <laughs> let it decompose until you can make some soil. Uh, which is what I've done. Uh, so yeah, I can have a, a garden because I did those things. But it was uh, I was like, yeah, we can we can put a building here, and I'll and and I'll just extend my water line to whatever building that is instead of having a separate meter and and everything else because water's really it's it's pretty cheap um as a matter of fact the fixed price on my water bill every month which is only about a buck and a half is is about the same as what i get charged for my water so i pay about three or four dollars a month for water isn't it amazing that we're charged for waters anyway it's something that we absolutely need for life and we're charged right. for it right so i was like well we could do that and then look for a property to use for uh for huge gardens and animals and then that way the community can be fed without relying on the government handouts which what their handouts i i never accept because You've got to give them your, you know, we have a, a national ID number. So you have to give that number and sign. And I thought, mm, no, I don't think so. Besides that, it's stuff I don't eat. But I had thought about accepting it and then giving it to one of my neighbors. But I thought, no, no, I'm not putting my John Hancock on a piece of paper because to me, that's just, government more just another way for the government to get their hooks in you and it was like i said stuff i don't need rice sugar flour you know uh vegetable oil i don't eat those things so you know why <clears throat> and i thought it would be better if we grew food you know something clean and natural instead of the the expensive store-bought absolutely that's always the best way to go i think oh yeah okay 
anyway, so so we just I said we're we're right now we're looking to either get a long term lease or purchase. There's a 17 and a half acre property that would be perfect for the um, for the for the agricultural end. And uh, and then of course uh, hopefully if if you know legally if we can figure out uh, how we can have children who have been rescued from from some of these terrible situations. Uh, I'm sure that's, I mean, that is way beyond anything that I personally can, can pursue, but hopefully uh, like Todd Callender uh, will be able to eventually put us in, in touch with somebody that can work through the, uh, the, 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 the legalities in this country with respect to, to the children, because it's a problem in this country too. And, um, and, and of course these, these people are getting away with it because the judges either sentence them to nighttime only in prison so they're free during the day or just give them probation and there's no real punishment for child sex trafficking in this country and uh so that's where i'm going <laughs> that's the mission awesome. yes it is yeah I think God's going to work in it for sure. Thank you so I, much. I, I, I think so too. And, and I do feel so honored and so blessed that, that, that God has put this on me to do. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Again, who would ever, ever think. <sighs> You know, almost 20 years ago, if, if somebody would have told me I'd be doing these things, I'd have laughed in their faces. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's tough. You realize that, you know, it's like, man, this is just the greatest privilege of my life, but it's also the hardest thing I've ever had to do. Yeah. And then the, and then the whole yeah. ways you're just thanking Jesus and holding on tight. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Beautiful. One thing I was remarking about when I took a note is how many times you mentioned, and I was just sitting there minding my own business. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, and so I just think, I just love that when God works that way, he just, he loves the sudden leaves. You know, it's mentioned that in the Bible a lot about the sudden leaves. And I think that's pretty awesome that he, he did that and that you noticed it, you know? Mila, yeah. I want to um, read you one one comment that was brought up in our live chat. This is from DJ Shaw 27. says, so much has been seen through your eyes, Mila. So much pain in your heart to carry. God has brought you here, and I'm so blessed to be here with you. God has brought you here for such a time as this. That's oh, awesome. thank you. That's that awesome. was DJ Shaw. Thank you, DJ. Yeah, thank you, DJ. Also, Katura was here tonight too. 
Just wanted to let you know that she was listening. And I don't oh. know if she's still in chat or not, but she um, wanted to let you know she's doing okay and that she's blessed to be here too. So, yeah, it's, uh, I said, I, I, I usually just, you know, I have to catch it on the, the replay or, or whatever, but, uh, some people there, I mean, every testimony as, as there's all, there's been a part of every one of them that has touched me. Yeah. Uh, and, and, you know, as far as you know it's not always like um you know like with ritual abuse or whatever yeah no i can't relate to that but it would you know maybe something else that she said is uh yeah that's relatable so so far everybody's testimonies uh that i've heard there's been something relatable yeah yeah and it you know uh it i feel less alone mm -hmm. yeah it's the child abuse ones that really get to me um it's hard as a father to listen to these things you know i i i'm not the perfect father i will i will never say that i am and and i've gotten a lot better since um uh, my kids were really young and, and often I'm thanking God that they were young so they can't remember me in that way, uh, as I've progressed as a Christian, but yeah. you know, every now and then I'll raise my voice at my kids, you know, upset because yeah. they did something and, and, and you know what, I kick myself the whole day for, for getting angry and upsetting, um, you know, getting loud in front of my kids, just knowing yeah. that I'm, I'm not being a good example for them. And, and I haven't even, you know, that that's just raising my voice and I, and I'm kicking myself all day long. I, I, it's hard for me to wrap my head around what some of the adults do to children in this world. It's, it's really hard to understand. Um, but I, I'm glad I can't understand that. I, I'm glad I have a better mind than that. Yeah, that's true. Good way to look at it. Um, yeah, it's, that's, I mean, for me, it's like, yeah, I, I, have, I have some wine every once in a while. I have to water it down, though, because I like the taste of the wine, but I don't like the taste of the alcohol. So I, I, I but I can I can't stand being around people who are are drunk. Yeah. Um, and I I never allowed myself to be friends after after age 16. I never allowed myself to associate with people who use drugs. And that, unfortunately, that included members of my own family. And I did not want my children exposed to that. And what's really weird, after I moved up here, the person that I started working with and i i'm i'm working on him still i'm working on him uh he's not a believer he is a drug addict 
if I'd have known, and I have told him this before, I said, if I'd have known you were a drug addict, I'd have never, ever talked to you or been your friend. And now it's too late because now I care what happens to you. Yeah. You know, God has these appointments, you know, and he's got a mission and he's going to use you. Yeah whether you like it or not. And that's okay. We're going we're gonna to pray for him tonight. Mary's going to pray to let us out. But before I do, we, we can't go through a Godcast without talking about Romans 10, 9 through 10. So um, hey, if there's anybody here that's live in chat that has not been saved, I'm opening up the call lines. Go ahead and call in. Mary and I will pray for you. And I'm going to um, go and I'm going to let you guys know just how simple salvation is. Romans 10, 9 through 10 says that if you confess with your mouth, Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For it is with your heart that you believe and are justified, and it is with your mouth that you confess and are saved. So if you have not called in or you're listening to the recording of the Godcast, simply just confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord. Believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, and if you can truly believe that in your heart, then you're saved. It's that easy. So if I can, please, let me direct you to our Telegram page. This is an official Godcast Testimonies and Salvation page. You can find Romans 10, 9 through 10 there. Um, please reach out to us at thisisofficialgodcast at gmail.com. If you need a Bible, we'll send you a Bible. You know, anything that we can do to help you. I've got a couple kids, and everywhere we go, they seem to pick up Bibles. I think I've got about 50 Bibles in my house right now. So, you know, please, somebody tell me they need a Bible. I, I could unload a whole handful of these things. <laughs> yes. Uh, Jay, uh, my youngest, man, he handed me three New Testaments the other day, and I, I'm like, oh, my gosh, these I got these things coming out of my ears. we got to start <laughs> handing these things out. I'm going to start standing out on the street corner and handing these out. Um, yeah. No, yeah. I'm sorry. I do not have a Founder's Bible. Matt, thank you for that. Um, I do have a great study Bible, and it's it has uh, four different uh, versions. And so when you open up a page, it has four different translations um, on each page. Oh, like a parallel. parallel yeah. And, yeah. And man, awesome. that is really cool. So I love that one. I probably won't be mailing that one out to anybody. But I've got just about any kind of Bible that, the, uh, that you may want. So please just let us know. We'd be more than happy to send one out to you. And... Um, yeah, it's that easy. Salvation's that easy. First and foremost, you know, understand, recognize that yes, you are a sinner. Hey, don't feel bad. I'm a sinner too. We're all sinners. We were born that way. That's right. <laughs> but thank God he's given us a way. And that way is to believe that Jesus is Lord. Believe it in your heart that God raised him for the dead from the dead, and you will be saved. So very easy. Um we also have, a, if you go to our Telegram page, there's a prayer of surrender if you're looking for the right words or sinner's prayer. Uh, simply just repeat that prayer. Uh, Mary's put that up in our live chat for anyone there that's watching. And with that, Mary, you want to close us out? Yeah, we can close out in prayer. I, I just want to say a real quick thank you again to Mila for sharing your story here tonight. And yes, we're going to pray for you too. And, uh, We'll pray for your husband too back in the states i feel like that's pressed on my heart to do that tonight too so mila thank you so much for everything that you do we love you with all our hearts thank you so much 
Thank you. Yes. Hopefully get a chance to see you soon. <laughs> yeah, that'd be great. Yes. <laughs> okay, Lord. We're running up against the pod being cut off, Lord, but you you're outside of time, so I'm not even gonna worry about it. So thank you. Thank you, Lord, for Friday. Thank you for tonight. Thank you for the Godcast. Thank you for just this opportunity to bring Mila here with us. And Lord, I just really ask for a blessing upon her, just more than you can, more than she can even imagine. It says in your word that we we that you can do that more than we ask or can even imagine. So, Lord, I, I pray for a, just a bountiful blessing upon Mila right now and her um, all the work that she's doing up on up on her property, and her animals would be blessed, and her garden would be blessed, and she'd have a huge harvest, and um, that all of her neighbors would be blessed by you, and even beyond the neighbors, and and just whatever's happening in your stirring with this um, coming together with the community, that it would just be a blessed place that people would come and they would see you through Mila. They would see your compassion through her. You, They would see her love through her. Um, Lord, I just thank you for, for, you know, just she's such a smart woman, Lord, too, and that you've, you're using all these gifts and talents that you have just created her in that way to be to be used now to just bless other people and it's just amazing and so lord i also want to pray for um mila's husband back in the states and that um that he would he would know you lord and that he would those um you know those appointments you already have you know you order our steps lord and so i just pray that that he will um come to know you and if he already knows you, that it would be in a deeper way. And um, I just pray for his his situation, wherever that is, that he would just know you, Lord. And I also want to lift up uh, Duncan tonight, Joseph and uh, Raina, or Livin. Duncan and, and Livin, as some people know them. I want to lift up uh, his health tonight and that he's... He's got a bad congestion, and so we just want to lift him up in prayer and, Lord, just send a healing upon him right now. Just, we're just going to pray to the breath and the life and just pray against this congestion right now in the name of Jesus that it would just be gone. Get out in the name of Jesus. We pray breath, your breath of life into him, Lord. We pray just a clearing of the lungs, a clearing of the nasal passages, a clearing of the, the head and, and um, any headaches that would just be gone right now. And that give him just a supercharged burst of uh, energy and um, just a clear, just clearness in in whatever is uh, kind of weighing him down in this, Lord. I also want to pray for Jeff for all the same things, Lord, and he seemed to have been suffering for the, from the same situation. So we pray for him and we pray for his wife, Insidious, that she, all that she's got to carry right now, Lord, that you would just 
you know, that she would see that you're there already and holding her up and you're holding both of them up. And of course, we want to pray for Jim and uh, we'll try to get through this one without crying like last week. <laughs> Lord, you know, you know our hearts in that and that how much we we really want to lift our brother Jim up and and what he's going through and his family. And I, I pray for relationships with um, his oldest son and his daughter would be strengthened. I, I pray for forgiveness all the way around. I pray even for his former wife that she, that she would even get to know you through Jim, Lord, because he is a light. And um, give him space to grieve, Lord, and just let him know that he's loved and supported. And I don't know any, if anybody else had requested any prayers tonight, but Lord, we lift up in agreement anything that was spoken or unspoken, or if I've missed it, you certainly haven't because you see everything. So we're going to lift that up. And also want to lift up Ron's family. I just remembered that about his um, dad's uh, wife and their kids and that they would just be lifted up in prayer right now. In Jesus' name, we put all these in your hands, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Mary. Thank you very much. All right, my dearest friends, let us not forget we're here for one reason and one reason only, and that is to spread the gospel of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And we'll see you here next week. We'll have Jay Wu, uh, 7 p.m. Eastern time, right here on Podbean. Thanks, yeah. guys. Thanks, everybody. Thank you. Love ya. Should